0: But this morning, I want to just talk um, a little bit about debt and how we get into debt and what God, what God will do when we get into those circumstances. If we turn our hearts toward him, if we ask him for help, uh, God wants to bless us. God doesn't want any of us to be in debt. He doesn't want us to be struggling. He doesn't want us to live a life uh, lower than what he created us to be because the word says that he came to give us life and he came to give us life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about the abundance of, of that God wants to give us. Father God, as we come to you this morning, Father God, I just come and just ask that you just pour into me, God. Amen. Just pour into me all, Father God, that you have had me prepare for this lesson this morning, God, to bless your people, God, to let them know that it's just... Obedience is that key factor, Lord, and that you want to bless us. Even when we find ourselves in a in a, a bad situation in our finances, God, bad situations in our marriages, in our homes, with our children, God, that you are the key, that you are the answer, Lord. And when we walk in obedience, you will answer. So I bless you this morning, God, and I thank you for the opportunity to speak, to speak your word. I remove myself and I ask that you come and just speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're going to be talking or speaking out of, if you turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And this is the story of a young, of a widow, <clears throat> a woman who had lost her husband, who uh, who lost her, suddenly lost her husband and found herself in a world of debt, in a world of trouble. And so, um, you know, as we walk through life, life holds no punches. Amen? It just doesn't hold punches. Um, bad things happen, good things happen to, sorry, I'm getting it backwards. Uh, bad things happen to good people. Amen? We see it all the time. We see uh, people who uh, encounter cancer, encounter sickness, encounter death. You know, it doesn't, it, it's, it's not, Death is not something that just, you know, picks and chooses, but we will all succumb to death. We will all uh, see sicknesses come through our families. We will all experience uh, you know, horrible jobs. You know, bad job situations. Bad children. Uh, sin is sin, and from the and because of man's sin, these things have have come in uh, into the world. And we we as Christians, we have to learn to deal with those things. We have to learn how to deal with the calamities, with the catastrophes that come into our lives. And so when these circumstances come, it's not for us to cower down and just, you know, and, and accept them and just think, you know, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? But God has given us uh, Uh, choices amen he's given us the ability he's given us the capacity to walk through those things and and to gain strength and to gain a testimony to help someone else because God is concerned for each and every one of us and I want you to know that morning this morning that God is concerned for you so within each of us God has given us the capacity to sustain life to sustain the the woes and the worries and cares of life and um, as we learn more as we we build our relationship with him we really begin to build that relationship we see just how much he cares for us Um, so a lot of us most of us are waiting you know waiting on god god when is my breakthrough god when are the promises that you've called for me or, or have spoken to me when are those coming god when 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 will i be successful when will i succeed and god is saying when you are become obedient amen when you become obedient to the word of god you will begin to see the 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 action plans the steps that god wants you to take uh, to be able to break through and to be able to become all he's called you to be and who who doesn't want to be all that god called them to be amen i want to be all that he's called me to be through every circumstance through every life choice i want to make sure that i am filtering my life through the holy spirit so that i am staying on course. For all that he's called us to do, all of that he's called us to do be and become. So uh, Miles Monroe uh, had penned a book or he had written several books about, you know, the potential that is within us. And, and one of the things that I always remember is that he says that the graveyard is full of people that died with their potential Unreleased, unreleased potentials. And this morning, I want each and every one of us to understand that we are gifted. Amen. You are a gift from God. You are gifted by God, and there is so much potential in you. But we have got to learn how do we unleash that potential how How do we uh, tap into that God given gift? A lot of us don't even know what our gifts are. A lot of us don't understand it. Um, but God is saying that I, I, when I created you, I gave you a pacific gift, something that no one else can do. No one else can fulfill that position, but God placed it in you. And so when we look at the graveyard, we see, you know, when you think of the graveyard, you think of all the unwritten songs, all the unwritten books, all the unwritten um, inventions, all of the things, all the un, um, uncreated things that God had placed in someone but because of, for whatever reason those things were not released and this morning just on the sound of my voice i want you all to release everything god has for you amen We want to learn how to release everything God has for us. If it's been a thought in your head since you were a child, it's coming from God. It's the Spirit of God. And we have to learn how to tap into God to release the promises. How do we we move forward? How do we become what God has called us to be, especially individually, God? What are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to be and become? And you you tap into that gift and you release it to the world. You bring that gift into the church and you release it to the world. Many people think that, you know, if I come to church, it's either going to be, you know, worship team, deacon, elder. But God has so, so much more that he wants to do. It doesn't even have to be a religious gift that God has given you. It could be a gift of singing. It could be a gift of arts. It could be a gift of construction. Everything God has promised is within you and so if you think well I don't know what what type of gift I have to come for the church whatever your passion is that can be used for the glory in the kingdom of God this morning so we need to stop making excuses and blaming our situations on life, because life, like I said, life is rough. Life it just holds no punches. You know, bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is because of the sin of man. And so we don't we don't need to keep blaming uh, the man, blaming other people, blaming our circumstances, blaming you know whatever excuses that we come up with. Because God says, my Holy Spirit lives and resides in you. Amen? And if his Holy Spirit lives and resides in you, the only person you can blame for not reaching your potential is yourself. Amen? It's your lack of of study. It's your lack of concern. It's your lack of care. A lot of times people just want to sit back, you know, and just wait for the door. Oh, hi, potential this morning. Hi, come on in. It don't work like that, amen? Potential is not going to chase you down. You have to chase the potential down. And God is saying to us this morning that it's within you, that it is within your heart. It is buried in you because of the the mere fact that we are his children. And so we have to learn how to refocus, amen, refocus our thoughts, refocus the gifts, and really understand what God has called me to do, especially during this, this time period that we're coming out of this pandemic. We've had plenty of time, amen, to sit back and, and reflect on life, reflect on our jobs, reflect on our, our home life, reflect on our marriage. We've had plenty of time where God just kind of closed things off and said, you know, come into me, come unto me and let me speak to you. And now I believe that there's just, just about to be an explosion of things within the church, of things within the country, within your home. God is about to release, uncap those things that we want, uh, that we've been dreaming of, that, that, that the world needs. So I'm excited this morning. I just want you to say, you know, if you're in the, ch- in the chat, just say, God is about to uncap it. Amen? God is about to let it explode. God is about to move us into another dimension of time, another dimension of his Holy Spirit. And so in this, um, in this story, in, cha- in um, 2 Kings chapter 4 and, 6 and, and 17, we're going to hear of this woman, man who unleashed her potential, uh, who unleashed her capacity. And she had no idea that, that that was right in her home, right in her house. And so as we've been talking about uh, the obedience of stewardship, obedience, it's a key factor in our stewardship. It's a key factor in our relationship with God. And we've talked about uh, Cain and Abel, how to present, how to approach God, how to approach him in the right way, how to Present our gifts to Him. We talked about uh, in Second Kings the the widow of Zarephath, how she had absolutely nothing—one a little bit of oil and a little bit of bread left. But when she turned it over in obedience and honored the man of God, how it how she became the 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 bakery, Amen, for the whole city. That that through that famine she was able to. Uh, continue to help out her entire family and her neighbors and then we learned last week we talked about uh in malachi how to rebuke the devourer how to stop coming and robbing god of of his tithes and his offerings uh where the God, where the lord says that you know I want want you to return to me, but you have to return to me by stop robbing me of the tithes and stop robbing me of the offerings, but bring your tithe and your offering into the house of the Lord. And so, a lot of times, when we don't follow these principles, we can find ourselves in some dire situations. But most of us, we really think too small. We really don't understand the power within us. Um, We really don't understand that. We can, those results, we can have results when we turn it over to to Jesus, amen, in our obedience that we will find profound results by simply just doing what he's asking us to do and become. You know, a lot of us just wait and we're just waiting on that big blessing. We're waiting for that check. We're waiting for, you know, someone to recognize us. We're waiting for our opportunity and chance. And God is like, the chance is already there. Everything you need is within the house. And I can say that, exa- that for our RCF, amen? Everything we need is within the house. Everything we need is sitting in a chair right now. Everything we need is watching us online right now. Everything we need for the house to, to become the house of restoration, to do what, we've, what God has called us to be lies within each of us. But we don't share our gifts, we, we sit back and we wait oftentimes, sometimes we don't share it. We sit back and we wait for other people. we watch other people and you're, and you sit back there, you know, and then as as humans, then we begin to judge <laughs> you know like, oh, I could have did that way better. Well, then get up and do it way better. get up and share your gift and stop you know we have to stop being stingy. we, we have to quit waiting um, for others to do God God won't do for uh, us what for what we can do for ourselves amen and there's a lot of things that we can do for ourselves that will open up the windows of heaven amen and please god so as we look at uh second kings uh chapter four verse one to seven it reads now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to elijah your servant my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the lord But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then God said, Go outside and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all of these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live off of the rest. Amen? Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. So here we see a miracle, amen, a straight-up miracle that has happened in this this woman's life. So let me just set a little background. So we know that uh, Elisha, took the place of Elijah. We know about Elijah the prophet. We talked about him a couple of uh, weeks ago. Uh, When Elijah was leaving the scene, amen, he anointed Elisha to take his place. And so Elisha became the head prophet of the land. He was the chief prophet, and he was going around into the various cities, and he had schools, schools, uh, sons, sons of prophets. He had. He was teaching uh, men, men of God, how to uh, lead churches, how to be prophets, how to take care of God's people. And so he has this. He has this set of, of prophets all over over the all over the land where he would go and he would teach and he would minister to them. And so this woman's husband happened to be one of his sons in the ministry. Amen. He was. She, he was under the tutelage of uh Elisha and so um the story goes that when uh Elisha was in that 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 vicinity in that town that uh he, found, he finds out that this man, this widow's husband, had died. He had died suddenly. He had passed away. Uh, and he left a great debt. <laughs> he left a, a huge debt on her. And so we know in those times that, you know, women didn't work, but they were sustained by their husbands. So she finds herself in a really bad predicament to the point to where she was about to lose her sons. And so in this today, we're going to learn that the widow um, in the passage uh, was enabled to eliminate her debt, amen, and was rewarded for her faithfulness. And then um, there are four things. We're going to identify her problem and what and why she went to the prophet for help, evaluate her current possessions, amen. Sometimes we need to evaluate what we do have. Instead of asking God for more, we need to um, evaluate what we do have. And then developing a plan based on the increase for growth, amen, amen. And then by working her plan to completion, we can't start and stop. I am so guilty of starting something and stopping. Uh, we do that all the time, but, but in order to, to gain what we want, in order to achieve what we want, we have to continue the process, work the whole process out. And um, by working her plan to completion and by using her income to take care of the things that she needed to take care of. Now, there's a lot in this passage, Amen. And so, as we go through it, we're going to see that when our faithfulness and obedience to the principles of God are activated and we become knowledgeable of what we need to do, we can eliminate our problems, we can eliminate our debt, we can eliminate our worries by just following the principles of, principles of God, evaluating, taking a good look at what's going on, why are we caught up in this repetitive cycle, and what we need to do, and then find out that simply the answer was right there in front of us all the time. And so the, the sermon topic today, the big idea today is increase your capacity. Amen? Can we all say that? Increase your capacity. Who wants their capacity increased this morning? Amen? Hallelujah. Hands up, feet up, everything up. We want to see our the capacity uh, increase. And so, as um, we look at this passage of, of, of Scripture, we find I, I find it funny that the solution for this woman was right there in her home. Right in her house. Um, and she didn't even realize it. So, as this story begins, um, when, when, this, when this woman's husband passed suddenly, uh, in those days, if you owed anybody, someone passed away, the responsibility fell upon the spouse to pay their debtors. And if they did not pay their debtors, then the debtor had the right to come and take whatever they needed, whatever they could to repossess, you know, the, to, to gain the payment. Um, so, um, in The background of this is that because of the fragile nature of the environment in much of the ancient Near East farmers, with much of the ancient Near East farmers and small landowners, um, they often found themselves in debt. And that could be from a several, di- several different circumstances. Uh, if there was a drought, if there was a, a poor season, a poor crop season, and they, they did not, weren't able to harvest or weren't able to sell uh, all, all their crops, that could instantly turn them into, uh, instantly take them into a debt situation. And so um, anything could happen with these poor farmers. You know, we, it wasn't this industrial world that we now live in, but most of, the, most of it was farming. And so this woman, uh, her husband had decided that he was going to, you know, go and become a prophet. He was called by God. And so that meant that he really wasn't even working his job was in the synagogue. His job was to learn. His job was, was to uh, be mentored by Elisha. He was there all the time working with him. So, which means that her and her, her boys were probably the ones taking care of the, the land or whatever they owned or whatever their possessions. But whatever the fact is, is that this man had gotten himself into so much debt. I don't know if any of you all have ever, you know, <laughs> you know, we've all made that mistake. I, I can say probably most of us have made the mistake where we are so in debt that even when the paycheck comes, it's gone. You can't even breathe. You were waking up at night like, how am I going to handle this? And this man had had such a large debt owed, and then he suddenly dies. So in verse 1, um, it says, and, and trust me, she did not. She was, she was at her wits' end. She was just done. Everything she had had been taken away. Everything she had had been sold. Her and her sons were just trying to sustain, you know, just living day to day, trying to say, how are we going to do this? God, why aren't you answering our prayer? Why, what is going on? We have lost everything. And so, chapter first one says, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets. Cried to Elisha, it wasn't like she went in whimpering. She went into wherever Elijah was. I don't know if he was on the streets, if he was in his office, or wherever he was. But she went in to him and she said, "Your servant, your faithful servant." Okay, she was like you could just feel the pain coming out of her. She was screaming like, "Your faithful servant who loved the Lord is dead." God, what am I supposed to do? The creditors are coming to take my son. She says, everything I've done, everything that I can possibly do, but I am now widowed, I have nothing. Everything has been exhausted, and now the debtors are on the way to my house to take my babies, to take my boys. Because in those days, if you could not pay your debt and you had children, they could take them into slavery and pay off your debt. And that was often six years until the year of Jubilee came when they would have been released. They would have been, their debt would have been paid for. They would have been wiped out, which is probably an option that she thought about. But then she thought, even if they go and they work the six years, I will lose everything. I will lose the home. The house is the only thing I have left. I could lose everything. So she goes to Elijah, Elisha, and she pours out her grief. She pours out her, her heartache. And sometimes we need to go to God and just let it out. Amen? You know, we walk around here so pious, so cool. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. But yeah, they about to tow this car. It might be, you know, you, you, you parking behind the church parking lot. You know, you're trying to hide because we have all this pride. We have all these issues. We don't want people to know what we're going through. But this woman came out and she just put everything on blast. This is what's going on. I'm about to lose everything, and I don't care who knows, and I'm hurting. God, help me. Help me. What do I do in this situation? And so Elisha, being the man of God he was, and realizing that this was the wife of one of his sons, this is the wife that he had mentored him that he knew him intimately, that he knew this man and the reverence and the love that he had for God. And so Elisha says to her, and Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? And she didn't even answer the question. It was just a direct question. What shall I do for you? And then he said, you know what? Tell me, what is in your house? So I asked you this morning, "What?" is in your house. And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. <laughs> she had nothing in the house except a mere jar of oil. Woo. Now watch how God works this out. So God, So the man of God tells her He asks her two specific questions. What's in your house? One question. What is in your house? And she responds, a jar of oil. That's it. So that means that uh, ancient Israel, so they're in ancient Israel, but that means that American Furniture Warehouse and pulled up to her house, and they have taken all the furniture, okay? That means that camel Lexus, whatever, has come and taken the camels. She's lost her livestock. She's lost everything. She's lost every possession she has. All she has left are the clothes on her back, her two boys with their clothes on their back, and a jar of oil. The house has been emptied out. All of the creditors have come. Now, I don't know what her husband was into or what he did to to have such a, a huge amount of debt, but everything that he had gone out and gained for himself, like we do, amen, that was a credit card system back in the day, he had borrowed <laughs> and he had bought things on credit. And credit will jack you up, amen? He had bought all this stuff on credit, and then he suddenly passed. And the creditors came, and they retrieved all of their possessions, amen? That means that her neighbors were looking at her like, ooh, they taking everything, you know, you know how we are, we gozy, you know, it's like they had came and just pulled out everything, and they were like, is she getting new furniture? What's going on? You know, they, I, they taking it out, but I don't see them bringing anything in. Everything was taken from her. All she had left was a jar of oil, and so she tells the man of God, all I have left it's a jar of oil. Now, we know in Scripture that oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Oil is, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And all she has is this little jar of oil. So, in his response, Elijah just wanted to know, what, what, what do I have to work with here? What do I have to work with? And when God is asking us and when we're pleading out to God, God, help me, I'm broke, I'm this, I'm this and that. And God is like, what do you have? What, what is inside of you? In other words, what's the gift that I placed inside of you? What is it that you have yet to activate? What is it in you that, that keeps you in the repetitive cycle? What is in you that will help break the chains of bondage? And so as, she is, uh, as she's having this discussion with elijah um and he's asking her what she had in her house what god had already provided amen everything was in the house the miracle was ready to take place but she did not realize it and god has done the same thing for us our miracles are just a step away from our obedience amen on the other side of our obedience is our miracle on the other side of doing what god has called us to do pay your tithes and offerings, worship me, study my word, build a relationship with me, worship me. All the basic fundamental principles of growing a relationship with God are the keys to our obedience, are the obedience and the keys that unlock the doors for which we have issues with, to unlock all of those issues and get rid of them. So the problem with a lot of us is that we that it's our dependency on others rather than God we will depend on our god on ourselves rather than, than god we will depend on others rather than god, rather than depending on god and god on god and when people don't come through for us we become a failure when god has already provided for our success by giving each of us a little oil in our house. And so this is so important. An important important principle is that you cannot depend on another man or another woman to to sustain you. Amen. Your great five-figure job, amen. That business you've started, that 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 that, that canny spirit you have that, that can talk you in into situations and, and gather people around you, none of that can sustain you, the only thing that can can sustain us is the power of the Almighty God. It's the blessings of the Almighty God. And so what she was coming to realize is that, you know, my husband, I mean, he hooked us up. We had the best of the best in our home because he had went out and he had done all of this bargaining, all this (laughs) bargaining, I can't say the word, bargaining, excuse me, (laughs) but he 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 had hooked them up. It sounded like they had a, you know, they were living a real fat life. They were living good. And then he, then he dies and it's all taken away. And so, you know, you cannot depend on other people. You cannot depend on your credit or creditors or anything. The only thing that you have, have to hold on is what God has blessed you with, is those honest fruits that God has blessed you with. So she, she luckily still had her home. And all she had in the home was oil. So the oil was olive oil, and it's an olive oil, which we all probably have olive oil in our homes. But the oil was olive oil. It was used for cooking, and it was used to make grain it was used to make bread and that's that's the use that you know she was using most more than likely using it for and so but it was in her house it was in her temple it was in her possession and back in the and so let me just tell you what um olive oil does so it was also used as anointing oil Uh, in, in Psalms, we hear that, my, you know, that you anoint me with oil, my cup runneth over. Olive oil was primarily used for cooking. Though it was also used for cosmetic, medicinal, religious purposes, olive oil was a large part of the Israelite economy. And in the Bible, it's, it was a symbol of divine favor. Olive oil also served as fuel for source of lamps, for a lamps it was uh, both sacred and common as a sacrificial offering and was used for anointing the sick and the sacred and for cosmetic purposes olive oil comes from the olive tree amen it's a fruit of the olive tree the tree it yields oil the the the, the, the olive re, re, <laughs> the olive produces oil the olive tree produces of the olive, which produces the oil, and it is highly, highly valued. The best oil from olives was plucked before the olive riped. It was purged before the olive had become fully ripe, and then beaten and squeezed. It was called beaten, like you. They literally had to pound the oil to to pound the olive to get the fresh oil out of it. There were also olive presses. There were oil presses in which the oil was trodden over either by foot or by some mechanism. And so this morning, when we think of the olive oil, amen, it was in that day and in that time the most valuable commodity of all. They were trading it with other countries. They would trade it with other countries. It was in commerce. They were using it to, to create oil for their lamps. They were breaking it down for cosmetics. They were breaking it down for not only food, but just several things that the olive oil that olive oil could, be, could produce, medicinal purposes, all kinds of things. And so she said, "I just have a little bit of oil, just you know, a little flask of oil in, 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 in her possession." Um, then he said, so he told her. This is what I want you to do, and this is where it gets good. He says, "What well, I'll, I'll tell you, what I'll do for you, after you tell me what you have." She says, "I have nothing but this—a jar of oil." So in verse four, he says, or in verse three, he says, "Then go outside and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, <laughs> empty vessels and not just a few." So here comes, here comes her, her, here comes her. Opportunity. Here comes her 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 request. God, she she asked him what he could do, what he would do. What what is God gonna do about this this situation? Now, notice he didn't pray over her. Amen. He didn't say, "I'm gonna call the church, put you on the prayer list." You know, we're gonna go tap into the benevolence fund and see how we can help you. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. He says, "I want you to go." to each of your neighbors, not just a few, but go out into your community and ask for these jars. Ask for jars, ask for vessels, not little ones, but ask for big ones. Go and 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 bring them into your house. Now, we know that her house was empty, amen? We know that that, that there was plenty of room. Now, I don't know how large her house was, but he said, fill your house with these jars. So I can imagine her just, maybe possibly pondering what (laughs) go Phil go Phil okay let me see I need to get out of this situation and you're telling me to go and get jars see God will use God will just blow your mind he will he will he will come up with you know just circumstances like okay so she got oil she don't realize how precious the oil that she has and so she goes out and she's going to her neighbors now you know she had to face neighbors probably that she had not spoken to. She had to go to Bertha's house, knock on Bertha's door. What you want? Girl, I just, you know, I want to borrow some. I just need, you know, like your biggest vessels, you know, big pots. Your, it's, what, what for? Oh, girl, I'm just, you know, I just want to borrow. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to bring them back. So she not only had to go to all of her neighbors, but she had, had to go to neighbors maybe that she had had confrontations with. Maybe neighbors that had gossiped to, about her. She had to go in and, and, and deal with her community. Now, the community knows her situation, so they probably like, she'd have lost her rabid mind. Like, what is going on? What is, why is she gathering all these pots? And so all she was commanded to do was go and get pots, a lot of them. Fill your house. So I could just imagine that as she was gathering her pots, they, she was stacking them. Amen. Cause he told her to get a lot, so she, her and her boys, they were stacking all of these pots up. They were doing what God had, what the prophet Elisha had said to him. So she gets all of these pots and her house into her house, and it probably took a couple of days for her to gather as many pots uh, as we look at the end of the story. And so then, and then Elisha says in verse four, then go in and shut the door behind you. You behind yourself and your sons and pour into all of these vessels and when one is full, set it aside. So God is giving her detailed instructions on what he wants to do, amen, on what he's about to do. And so her obligation was to go and get the the jars. That's what God called her to do. (laughs) God could tell us, and God has told us to do that. You know, it might not have been a jar, but God might have said, I want you to go and apologize to so-and-so. Or I want you to go and do this or that. I want you to go and call that family member up. I want you to go and sit down with your child and have an honest conversation with them. I want you to go and handle your business. And a lot of times, what do we do? yeah, I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it, God. I just can't do that because our pride is in the way. And so this woman... She let down her pride. She let down everything to go and do the commandments that God had did. And because of that, because of her obedience, God uh, was able to continue the blessing. He was able to see the blessing come into fruition. Um, So when God is telling you to do something, just go do it, amen? I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, it might be a hard conversation. It might be a, a sticky situation, but God is not asking you. He says, just go do it. I'm not asking you for your response. I'm not asking how, you know, your little feelings might get hurt or whatever. God is just saying, just go do this because he's checking your obedience level, amen? He's checking our obedience level. And so she goes and she gathers these pots and she brings them into her home. And so then God told her one more instruction. Close the door. Close it. I need you to close the door. You and your sons come in and close the door because what I'm getting ready to do for you, I don't. you don't need. Ain't nobody else's business. This is between me and this is between you because I want you to begin to pour out. And there's times when we need to get into the presence of God and pour out, amen? Pour out exactly how you feel, exactly what you're going through. Pour out what is in you. Pour out and say, God, I, 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 I have these visions, I have these dreams, I have this, I have that, but I don't know what to do. Pour it out, amen? Because what we need to do is empty ourselves. The significance of the jars uh, being empty is, is symbolic of us, God, of God saying, Come and pour out your life. I can't rest. I can't abide. I can't anoint. I can't appoint you because there's so much going on in your life. You're so full of yourself. You're so full of worldly things. And God is saying, that secret place, those those, those mornings when I'm calling you, I want you to pour yourself out. Empty yourself. When we empty ourselves of ourselves, amen, then God can use us. There's a place where the oil can flow through. There's a place where the spirit can abide. And so God tells this woman, get empty jars. Empty them. I don't want nothing with anything in it. No hatred, no lies, no distrust. Just pour yourself out. Get rid of all of all of your issues. Pour them out. Give them to me because I can handle them. I'm the one who can, can, can heal all of those things, all of your sicknesses, all of your diseases. I'm able to heal. Amen. If you're in the chat, just put that God is able to heal. God is able to help you get to your capacity. And so she pours it out and she, uh, she get, gathers some bottles. And so this morning I'm just telling you, pour yourself out. Go home and just pour yourself out before the Lord so that he can heal you amen what you need to do is develop a plan amen when I approach God when I go home when I hear the voice of God I'm going to get up and I'm going to empty myself I'm going to begin to empty myself of all of my wickedness all of my habits all of my drug addictions all of my women and men addictions all of the things that I do that are displeasing to God I'm going to begin to pour them out so that the Lord has the capacity that I make room for the capacity in which God created me for. And so she goes in and she shuts the door behind herself and her sons. Because nobody needs to know what your miracle is. Nobody needs to know what your you know your blessing from God is. That's a personal time between you and the father. And so she goes in and she closes the door behind herself and her sons. And... Just, just get a visual of what's going on in this house. As she closes the door, she she takes her little meager pot of oil and she tells her son, "Bring me, bring me a jar, bring me a jar." You know, and she's probably just shaking like, "Okay, well, this looks crazy." Her sons are probably like, "Mama, she tripping? What's she doing?" But she begins to pour pour and pour and pour and pour and pour and the vessel becomes full, amen? Hallelujah. And and, and she begins to think, oh my gosh, oh my goodness. Give me another jar, give me another jar. And so it probably took them a long time to fill from her little flask to fill all of these jars and so they had to have some type of of assembly going on you know and and stacking these jars and I'm pretty sure you know it's dark they're stumbling over each other the house is just tight enough you know it's so packed that there's just one one way in one way out because it's just so full of what God is about to release and so She begins to fill these jars with the oil. Amen. God wants to fill you. Amen. But you got to be empty. You got to be able to be obedient to receive all that he has. So she went in. She shuts the door. And she begins to fill these vessels as her sons brought them to her. And then in verse 6 it says, When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another, and the oil stopped. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is not another, and the oil stopped. When God gives you an assignment, when God gives you a, a breakthrough, when God whispers into your ear, do this. Make sure you work your plan to completion don't stop in the middle of it don't stop and get haphazard about it but work it to completion when God tells you that I want a deeper relationship with you and you say to yourself God I'm gonna set aside a a certain amount of time in the morning to get up and study your word to meditate on you just to simply pray God I just want more of you and you start out day one and you're in amen you're saying your prayers, you're reading your devotion, you're worshiping. Day two, you're saying your prayers, you're, it, you're being obedient, you're doing your devotions, you're, you're not taking time to get in the presence of God. Day three, you're saying your prayers, you're being obedient, you're really seeking the heart of God. Day four, yeah, um, I'm running late for work and, um, you know, I'm going to get with you tonight. You know, day five. Same thing. Day six. And then you just begin to just, it just becomes a faded memory. Uh, everybody can probably relate to this. You start a diet. That first, you didn't went to the store, you got all your vegetables, your smoothies, your fish. You know, you know I'm going to do this, God. Get rid of all these carbs. And you're in for it for about a week. And then the next day, you're like, I'm so sick of salad. Good God Almighty. If I see another salad, I'm going to scream. So let me just have, I'm just going to have a hamburger without the bun. So you put a hamburger without the bun. Next day, you put cheese on it. Then you put all the toppings on it. Then you just put the mayonnaise on it, you know. <laughs> then you get some French fries. And, you you know, you start just getting off a of track. And what God was telling her is close the door, amen, and stay focused on what I've called you to do. So in, in order for us um, to get to where God has us, we have to work the plan. And this woman obeyed the plan of God. She stayed with it. And she kept pouring. Amen? She kept pouring. That is a present participle. The, the, the participle is that as long as her, her, her uh, flask was tilted, the oil kept flowing. It was just a present participle it kept continued action as long as she was obedient to God, it kept pouring and it kept pouring and God is saying that to her. just be obedient, be a participle be 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 a, a participle, be the one that is just going to do the continued action. Do it even when it, you know, even when it's not habitual, even when it's something that's out of the norm. Keep doing it. Keep doing it until it becomes a part of your life. Till it becomes embedded in you. And this is what she was doing. Um, as ridiculous as it seemed, as ridiculous as as how God blessed her, she was obedient to it. So I don't care what God is telling you to do. If He's telling you go stand on your head in the corner or whatever, do what He says obey the plans and then what happened is the end result is that god blessed her tremendously god blessed her and so in, in verse six she says when the vessels were full she said to her son bring me another one and he said to her there is not another the oil stopped flowing in verse seven it says she came and told the man of god and he said go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Mm, 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 mm. See, God uses crazy situations. God will ask crazy things, but because of her obedience, she was able to fill all of those jars. Can you imagine how heavy those jars were? Can you imagine the weight of all of those jars that are in the house? But also, can you imagine the aroma? Amen of the oil that was filling her place, the aroma of the Holy Spirit, the aroma of the presence of God with her. Elisha means God's salvation, and the oil is the Holy Spirit. So here you have an encounter of the Holy Spirit and God's salvation working together, amen, to perform this miracle for this woman. And so she goes and she tells Elisha, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I got so much oil, I don't know what to do with it. Like, these pots are full. I'm I'm just like, there's oil everywhere. And he tells her, now go and sell it. Go and sell the oil. She would have no problem whatsoever selling that oil. He turned her empty house into an oil refinery. Amen? Now, we know how precious oil is. Go to the gas pump, and you will see. Today's society, Oil is a precious commodity, and so she sold the oil, amen. She was able to sell it to the doctors. She was able to sell it for cosmetic purposes, for for cooking purposes. She had oil where the whole city was coming to her to purchase this oil, and so she, she was able to to sell all this oil, and with the residuals she still had, she was able to pay off all of her debts, amen? She was able to replenish all the things that she had lost because of her obedience. She was able to sustain herself, and she was able to sustain her sons for the rest of their lives. God wants to bless you in that same type of, of way in the same matter in when we are obedient to god god will give you the resources amen to pay your bills god will give you the resources to be able to purchase a home god will give you resources that will help you to be sustainable but all of that comes from obedience so those teachings on the tithe and the offering and returning to god and putting god first are all part of the principles that god is trying to teach us during this season so what you have in your house is a, is, is, is a, it can be used as a service to the Lord. The more containers you, you gather, the more, the more jars you get, the larger your capacity will be. And so as this woman sells this oil, as this woman regains and reestablishes herself in society, one thing I, I saw several years ago when I, when I ministered this, that at the end of all of it, she had to return those jugs to her neighbors. She had to, t- to take those jugs and those, those, those uh, jars back to her neighbors. But guess what? <laughs> when she returned them, there was oil in it. Because you cannot remove oil. There's a residue that was in those oils, in those jars. So what she did is that in her obedience, she was able to bless her neighbors because the presence of the Holy Spirit entered into every home that had given her a jar, every neighbor that had given her a jar. The presence of the Holy Spirit was there, amen? See, when you, when you go beyond obedience, amen, Elder Corinth, there is a ripple effect and her ripple effect was that I was able to get out of debt and now I'm going to use the tool and the vessel that God gave me and return it back to my community, amen? So when you walk in obedience, when you, when you heed the word of God, when you take that step and say, God, I'm going to do it no matter how crazy it seems, no matter how crazy it makes me look, but I'm going to be that vessel that you can pour into, amen? And when you begin to walk it out, When you begin to walk into your home, walk onto your job, walk in the marketplace, the spirit of God is within you, amen? The residue is there. The ripple effect of all God wants to do is embedded in your heart. So this morning, I just pray that you have received this word, that you understand that all I need to do is cry out to God, amen? Whatever your situation is, cry out to God this morning, amen, allow him to to heal you. Empty yourselves out so that He can pour into you the gifts, that He can explain the jars that are on yourself. Amen? Get rid of the jar of procrastination. Get rid of the jar of laziness. Get rid get of the jar of woe is me and allow God To fill you with his spirit. To give you the capacity to move forward in all that he has to do. Amen. So for RCF this morning, I just want to say that I love you so much. And we have many, many jars in this place. Amen. Many jars that God wants to fill. And when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and sick and tired of your situation, all God's asking you for is your obedience. So whatever God is asking of you, begin to pour out. What you know is not of God. Begin to release those things that you know are not of God. So when we all come back into the house, we're bringing jars, amen, of of oil, jars of of talents, of things that God has helped us uh, to overcome, to, to reach the goals that he has in our personal lives and as a corporate ministry. God is saying that he's ready to fill us up, amen? Malachi 3 puts it this way. Be obedient in your tithes and offerings. Return to me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive. We need to empty ourselves, amen, for the blessing that is about to come forth. God bless you. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this word this morning, God. Father, we ask that, Lord, it... it, it, penetrated our hearts father that was given in such a simplistic way lord that we understand the principle of the word father god and first of all we've got to come to you and we got to confess our sins lord and then we got to be sensitive to the voice of you and follow in obedience to what you said because god your spirit cannot move it cannot do the things it has to do when we are full of sin when we're full of hurt when we're full of distress like this woman, God, she was distressed and screaming and crying because everything she had had been taken away. And now the most two precious gifts, her children, were about to be taken away and slown into slavery. But she came to you, Father God, and you increased her capacity. So this morning, God, we ask for increased capacity Even in our own homes, God. Increased capacity in our church, on our jobs, God. Increased capacity in all that we say and do. Pour into us the precious oil. Light up the spirit that was within us, God. So that we go forth and take this world by storm. And we become, amen, an oil refinery. We become a house of restoration. We become the house of where people can come to and receive the blessings of God and reproduce all that you've called them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. As we get ready to close, if you would just stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. If you just need to come to the altar this morning and pray, the altar is open. If you would like one of our elders to pray with you this morning, please come up, amen. We are here to help each other. We are here to assist you, amen. We want you to know that we love you and we care about you. If you are watching online this morning and you want to learn more about God, you want to build a relationship with him, we just ask that you put it in the chat and one of our ministers will get with you. But we thank you this morning for listening to the word. Now become a doer of the word. Amen. Understand the principles that were taught and begin to practice them. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on God. But let him take you to the full capacity that he's created you to be. God bless you this morning. We love you. Our worship team will take us out with a a song of worship. You are dismissed. And we just thank you and we will see you next week. Amen.